I mean, I'm I'm ready. Are we recording? We're recording now. Cool. Yeah. Like, can, can we do the parting thing already? Are we done here yet? That's it. Yeah, we're out. All here. right, I'm Let's done. Get here. the fuck out of here. One of my best friends in the entire planet, and and someone that's pretty much like family to me, but someone that has antagonized me and fucked with me for the last twenty years of my life, is joining us here today. His name is Jason Hill. Say hello to the people, Jason. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you guys doing? There it is. <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> that's it. Now we're done. We're out of here. Good. No, but um, Jason has been fucking with me for the last like six months to actually come on this podcast. Absolutely true. And uh, I'm not totally sure why he wants to come on this podcast, because we have like a total of maybe 25 to 30 listeners, but... It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense that anyone wants to come on this podcast, but regardless, people do, and I'm worried about what the outcome of the next 45 minutes will be, um, but thanks for coming on anyways. Well, I appreciate you having me. Um, a big reason, I, we'll, we'll start with the series first, uh... So obviously I'm on here because I don't get a lot of time to spend with you since you're so busy with all your business ventures lately. Uh, I'm also proud of you for all your hard work that you've done. So with that being said, I'm not going to give you no more credit for anything. And Perfect. We're going to have a good time right this now. This is going to be great. I think that this is par for the course. I, since we're going to congratulate everyone, I'd like to mention Jason is a uh, high school football coach for our alma mater. Did you say alma mater for high schools? Yeah. Okay. Alma mater for our for our alma mater, Christopher Columbus High School in uh, Miami, and this past season, Christopher Columbus High School won the state title, which is something that we have been attempting to do for sixty plus years. Yep, sixty years. And Jason uh, leads a group of incredibly talented young men that lead the offensive line of uh, Columbus High School, aka so- the Wolfpack. Sure. That's interesting because the Wolfpack, when we were there, wasn't that the, the DBs or wasn't that the thing? Absolutely not. No? That was always uh, something that Coach Maribal started, who was uh, a coach big Maribol. yeah, big influence. God, of I love that guy. Um, Alex Maribal, he's the O-line coach at Oregon. Yep. So it's also the Wolfpack is something we always broke to when uh, he was my coach. And then we also said the Law of the Jungle, which I'm wearing the shirt. And on the back, it has the Law of the Jungle. Yeah. Nick knows nothing about this because he went to Belen. So he has very little understanding of things that are cool, first and foremost, and also winning in football. So he doesn't, he can't put those things together, and we're just going to move on now. I'm just going to let all those things happen for the next hour. That's okay. It's going to Hey, but gonna, you guys got new beginnings. You got a new coach. So you guys that's good. hopefully could turn it around over. Yeah, that's. We're, yeah, go ahead. No, <laughs> I got nothing here. I just got, I got nothing. I got uh, that, that's good. Uh, I have a great. I have so many great Jason Hill stories. I'm going to start with a couple because I know he's going to mention them anyway, so I'm just going to go out out there. I would not be here today on this microphone for the the 25-plus people that listen if it wasn't for Jason Hill. Yes, we were very good friends. He helped me through incredibly tough times and so on and so forth. But there was one night... And this night is legendary amongst my friends that have known me for a very long time. And it was, uh, it was, was it Christmas formal? Was it prom? I want to say it was homecoming. Oh, that does make more sense. Right. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, the, um, the, yes. the girl that yes. on the, yes. Mitch took but yes. ended yes. up with Pat. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Absolutely. That was good. But so my girlfriend at the time... Um, 
She's a saint. She's a wonderful person. Her name is Lane. And um, her parents hated me with a passion, which makes complete sense. And uh, when I was in high school, that night of homecoming, we rented somewhere on a beach or something. And we had a hotel like kids do. And um, the idea was to drink profusely, which is what we did. But I had to take her home. So I could not drink profusely at the time. I had to wait. So I waited, right? And, you know, like my nickname is Chug. That is why Chug's the... the Chug is his real name. Chug is not my real name. But that's why Chug's a Cuban diner exists because that is my nickname. But so I waited and she had to be home by midnight and I couldn't wait. And I took her home and I came back. And at that time, everyone was already tossed up. And I was like, all right. I'm going to get super fucked up super fast. So I grabbed the handle of Black Label. Jack Daniels. Oh, that's right. It was Jack. Oh, I still can't even. I I have goosebumps right now just thinking about how bad that was. And I just fucking turned it up. Yeah. I turned it up like four times and I crushed three quarters of a bottle in 30 minutes of a handle. I don't know if it was three quarters of a bottle. No, let's be honest. It was three quarters. It was three quarters of a bottle. Really fast. Yeah, so... And the outcome was not very good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not good at all. And the good thing back then is I, I really wasn't a big drinker, so I was able to save your you life. You weren't... This was, like, pre... This was, like, very good and, like, um, just, like, wholesome Jason Hill. Absolutely. And then we got to college and things changed. Yeah. But... So I drank whatever. I, I recall it as three-quarters of a bottle of a handle of Jack Daniels, and I turned that bitch up, and I just fucking drank it. And this was the beginning of my problem. But I was just trying to catch up. So I remember very little, but what I do remember was, like, being fine and everything's fine, and then I'm sure everyone's experiences, I just got, like, slapped in the fucking face. It was just, like, life hit me like a freight train. And it was like, man, I'm really fucked up. So I, w- I went to go throw up, right? We were on the, like, 14th floor. We were on the 14th floor at the Lowe's. The Alexander. I don't even know where that is. That's how bad that, that's, yeah, It was the Alexander. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So More north of the, the Lowe's. Where? Yeah. Close mm. to Found Blue. Oh, you're right. That's correct. So at that time, our good friend, Pat Lee, which played for the Green Bay Packers, I'm going to call him out by name, was on the balcony with the homecoming queen. Correct. Yes. And no one was allowed to go out there. Well, we didn't know where they were. We didn't know what was going on. Oh, yeah? Pat did not take her to homecoming, so. Mitch did. (laughs) So good. So I just stumbled onto the balcony, and then I stumbled onto that, and I started talking shit to Pat, and then I started throwing up over the balcony. Correct. But at that time, I was so fucked up that I, 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 um... We thought you were going to go over the balcony, which is very hard for you because you're 5'5", five five and the balcony... I was not, I am not, and never have been 5'5", five five, especially not as a senior in okay. high school. 5'8". 5'8". Right. Okay. So I started throwing up so, like, it was hard that my legs came off of the ground. True story, yes. And you were inside the apartment with the door open, and you saw this happening, and I was teetering over the balcony... Yes, you were. You were and very top-heavy back then. <laughs> I was top-heavy up until two years ago. But, yes, I was very top-heavy, so I started to teeter over, which I 
knew very little of what was happening. And Jason jumped from inside, right, because he was wholesome and he was sober and a good person, grabbed my ankles, and he pulled me back in and held me as I threw up as a good friend should. Absolutely. And I did not die, and that is why I'm here today. And then I decided to put him in a bathtub with scalding hot water. <laughs> it's true, too. I forgot about that. And he woke up the next morning with half of his body like, <laughs> burnt. Thank God it wasn't third-degree burns, but it was, oh, it was yeah. bad. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. So that was like one of um, – and that was my second interaction with Jack, and I've actually never drank Jack since. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Jack. I never, I've never drank, drank Jack Daniels since, and that was when we were 17. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, I'll yep. go on to my next story. Because we right. have a lot, but I'm only going to give them two solid stories. All right. And then we'll sprinkle in the rest. All right. So, then we went to college, right? And I had, I, I personally uh, really wanted to play college football. I never believed that I would make it past college football, obviously, because like Jason mentioned, I'm very short and not very athletic. Um, Jason uh, had a ride to go to UMass. I went to Averett University, which is in Danville, Virginia, which no one knows, and I don't recommend anyone going there. Um, but so Jason wanted to change, so he decided that he wanted to come to Averett, which still blows my mind, but I thought it would be a fuck ton of fun, right? And, and it was. It was. It was. It was way too much fun. Way but it was, it was good. But anyways, the story was I, I, fly, I flew to UMass, right? I flew to Amherst, and I had never experienced cold like that in my life. Everything was ice. I almost sunk in snow. It's a different, it's a different type of atmosphere, that's for sure. It's a, it's a whole different world from what we're used to. Yeah, and um, I was just going to be there for like five or six days until we drove south. But we were so broke, right? So for five days, we had a great time. Um... And then we started to drive south. We had a total of $45, right? Yeah, we pretty much had gas money and then enough money to buy like Slim Jims and But this is the story, jerky. right? Yeah. We got lost on the way to Virginia and we had $40 for food, right? And um, we ate for five straight days yeah. McDonald's, right? 99 cent menu. 90, the 99-cent menu at McDonald's. I was negative $275 in my bank account. I'll never forget that. And we had 45 actual dollars of, apart from ca- like uh, gas money, and we ate McDonald's for five straight days. Yeah, it's not one of those healthy diets at all. It, I have never felt so disgusting in my life. And somehow we finally made it back to Miami. Although... The fun part about that was we were in an Acura, a little Acura four-door. Your and, car. And, yeah, we drove from Massachusetts to Virginia, slept like five hours, and then drove from Virginia to Miami. Yeah. So we were cramped up in this car. Mind you, I was leaving UMass, so I had all my belongings basically in this car as well as Chug, myself. So we were, we were – it, it, it was a tough road trip. It was fun, though. It was It was fun. fun. We have a lot more, and we'll sprinkle in more stories. But I really um, – in Miami, your family is pretty historic when it comes to football. Some will say that, yes. Yes. I mean, you could talk about the fact that, I mean, there's a whole football field named after your dad. Yes. Tamiami uh, uh, Colts Youth Football Program, the youth football field is named after my father, Bob Hill. Yeah. Who, right. And you coached at Tamiami for how long? Uh, I 
12 years I've been there. So since I got out of college, I was actually the first place I started coaching with my brother. And your dad, how long was he involved at Tamiami? So my brother started playing when he was six. Um, so that from about 85 to 2000, when my dad passed away, he was involved there. He so, ran it from about 92 to 2000. Yeah. So 15 90. years in total, they were there. And about 10 years that he ran the entire place. Yeah. And in that time, I, I would say that your family, you guys, kind of like almost like nurtured a lot of young kids. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, that was my dad was always giving. And I think that's something I picked up. You know, it's just uh, we like to help people, you know, just as much as I'm an asshole, I am. But I'm also a big hearted person when it comes to helping the youth. Man, that is shocking. You are an asshole, but you are a very good person. That is very true. I, that's all correct. And then I remember when we were, I don't know, when we went from high school to college and you went to UMass with Rashid, which is still there. He's somewhere up in Boston, I believe, yeah. Yeah. It's close to it. The one thing I told you all the time is that coaching is something that was just like in your blood. Absolutely. I think uh, it took me a while to realize that, but um, that and also counseling. You know, being a counselor at Columbus is something that a lot of people told me I'd be good at and kind of fought it for years because I was in the I want to make money thing. And obviously, high school football in South Florida and teaching is not where you get paid. No, it's not. But, I mean, I think fulfillment as a human being is really the most important thing. Because, like, when you talk about getting paid, uh, some people get paid and they feel fulfilled, but sometimes it's not, you know? And it's, like, one of those things, like, I – and, I mean, we can go back when I was – when I started working at Applebee's when we were in college. Absolutely. And I was, like, I really like this shit. And you're, like, man, that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I was – that is ridiculous. And I was like, I think I'm going to leave college and I'm going to go become a chef. And you were like, that, this, are you, have you thought this through? Have you thought this all the way through? Definitely wasn't a fan of you doing that because you had about 12 credits left to graduate. Yeah, and I was like, true. dude, just finish your degree. Yeah, yeah. So if this doesn't work out, you know, you have a plan and the rest is history. I mean, you, you wrote it out, you grinded and you're still grinding and uh, you're, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. But it's fulfillment. Yeah. It's I a mean, passion. It's, it's a passion. Right. And don't you feel like, how long have you been at Columbus now coaching? This is my fourth year. And before that, you were at? Southwest. Those are the two high schools. No other high schools other than those no two. No other high schools, no. How do you yeah. feel fulfillment-wise? Oh, I, I mean, you've had like, it was, I mean, you've had a good gauntlet of jobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, like I was telling Nick earlier, I was kind of a journeyman. I kind of worked, you know, I was a bouncer. I did child abuse investigations. I did a whole bunch of different things, but uh, I got into coaching uh at Southwest, a coach would come to Tamiami, and, you know, we, I got to know him, and then it started off with, he, he just helped me out, like, twice a week. And then, actually, a, a young man who worked here, I coached him at Tamiami, Nick Perez. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, Nick man. Perez uh, was playing at Southwest, and I went to a game, and, and he kept asking me questions while I was on the sideline. And I'm like, Nick, go ask your freaking coach, man. Like, leave me the fuck alone. I'm here to watch. And he goes, we don't have an O-line coach. And I said, oh, I, I picked up on it right then, and then, Again, it started like two days a week the first week, and then the next week I was there every day. It was just something that I, I, you can't coach, you can't be a chef, you can't do those things half-assed. Half you got to be all in. So it was something I got into, and then that coach ended up leaving the Gables. Southwest offered me the head coaching job, and I turned it down. Um, and I you, you used that to get to Columbus, which Coach Trujillo a.k.a. Taco was a big influence on that. Oh, man. And uh, what are the – that is – 
and I have to because we're like on a thing, but Alex Trujillo is probably one of the best human beings I've ever met. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll never forget. We're in. Hey, Rob. Can I get another one when you have a chance? Thank you. Yeah, you're a beautiful man. You know that? You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Um, I'll never forget. Like, I don't remember the sequence of events, but Jim Mortz was my coach, right? And I Shout did, out to Jim Mortz. He just retired this week from Columbus. He actually was a very good D-line coach. He, he's actually a very good computer teacher, too. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't do much when it comes to teachers yeah. at Columbus, but I know that uh, I did something very like myself and, like, fucked something up and was very jacked up about it. But um, Mort's, like, really fucking ate my lunch, and he got into me for it, and Trujillo came, and, uh, came to bat for me. Because I've known Trujillo since I was a kid because he went to school at the same time my sister did. So I knew him when I was like fucking 12-year-old jit. Just like an incredible, incredibly good person, like cared about his kids, cared about the program, cared about football, cared about like uh, progress, cared about people getting better, like the greater good. Yeah, he's definitely one that brings the best out of you. I mean, I think that's – he's a huge reason besides the culture of Columbus why – the football program has been so successful for 20 consistently years. Right. So when uh, when you let me uh, I'm just gonna step in here for a second because since this is a podcast with such a global audience, uh, <laughs> this, I have to chuckle when you say global. Uh, you know, from here at least all the way to Salina, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, this might be a good opportunity to treat the subject of Columbus like if people are listening who don't know what the fuck you're talking. about. Which right. I think might be interesting to people because the whole like, like Miami, the Miami school thing is very different, right, from what it looks like in a lot of the rest of the country. So, uh, so that's why I'm inserting myself. Talk a little bit about like for what what that is and why people who are in Salina, Kansas, keep hearing about this place. Mm. All right, so definitely I can go ahead and, and answer this one. Uh, Columbus is a unique place. Uh, it's founded by Saint Marcelin Champagne. Uh, which started the Maris Brothers, which I'm beyond blessed to have the Maris Brothers involved in my life. Uh, when my dad passed away, they played a huge role in, in being there for me. Uh, I was a freshman at Columbus at the time. Um, so the Maris Brothers are like Jesuits. Uh, you know, Jesuits, a lot of them came from Cuba. You know, so there's a, a you know, very similar there. Um, but what the brothers have done at Columbus is almost like, it's like a cult. So if you're an alumni with Columbus, it's like, you're, you live and die. It's something that many of us have gone on to get degrees in college, but our best friends are from Columbus. Uh, Columbus is also special. It's an all-boy private school um, with practically an all-girls school next to it. And then we have a sister school that we do all of our events. <laughs> oh, you just called St. Brendan practically an all-girls school. Like the, six the five girls. boys at St. Brendan are going to be <laughs> yeah, thrilled to hear like that. Didn't George six. Masvidal go to St. Brendan? He's the baddest motherfucker to go to St. Brendan. <laughs> George Masvidal is definitely one person that I would love He's to He's going to be on the next podcast. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this, is, this might be the first this time that we're saying it out, out loud. By the way, to, to listeners, that doesn't mean he's agreed to it. It just means this is our mission in life. Absolutely. It's my I mean, he was on the Lebetard show. Was, I mean, Lebetard and Pancom Pancom would be a pretty step much the same thing. Lebetard didn't feed him, I'm sure. Ah, uh, Lebetard did not feed him. Yeah, so there's That's that. For sure. Hey, well, if you want to make that happen, uh, J.R. Bryant works for his, uh, his, his management firm. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah, so we could possibly make that happen. I mean, Nick's been working on it for eight months, and yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not been in touch. I've been in touch with Abe, his manager. And, you know, it was basically, like, we were in touch and we were, like, about to make things happen before uh, he need Ben Askren in the head. Yeah, and then he blew and up. And then he blew yeah, up and it's got a little more complicated. But we're going to yeah. make it happen. By the way, he's going to hopefully get his rematch and kick this guy's ass. I think they're going to make him fight one more time. Probably. It's, it's a stacked division. It's tough to deny other guys that shot. But he'll Absolutely. get it. But he took that fight in six days, so exactly. they kind of owe him one. They do. Yeah. And he, he didn't, I mean, listen, we haven't really talked much about that fight, but he... Didn't get knocked out. He didn't submit. He didn't like. I, I'm not a big MMA guy. I'm a boxing guy. But I, from what I know, that was very impressive. Yeah. I mean, not only that he didn't get knocked out because the the bigger thing was that he barely got taken down. Yeah. Absolutely. By that by a by like a, an elite level wrestler. Yeah. And the foot stomper. And it's and it speaks it speaks to I mean this is a major detour here but it speaks to Masvidal's technique like. Because the not getting taken down, even when you're gassed, is about knowing what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, I like to credit uh, Masvidal as well. He kind of grew up in the same area as us, which is, you know, Little Havana, Westchester. Um, and I think Westchester's, again, going back to Columbus now, it's not to end, end the conversation with Masvidal. Um, Columbus is about grinding. Like, the guys who came from Columbus that are successful now 100%. started with nothing. Yes. And it, it's an all-boys school. It's private. Yes, it's one of the cheapest ones in Florida. That's um, why I went there. Absolutely, me too. Um, but I think that's that's why Columbus is so special. You get a whole bunch of guys that come from all different types of You're South beautiful. Florida. And uh, th- we, we, we all grind. You know, we're just hard workers, and it's something that – I laugh all the time with parents when they come and tell me, man, my son doesn't work hard. He doesn't do this. And I go, and your son in five years is going to own a business because that's just what happens with Columbus guys. I don't know how it works, but it just happens. I don't know. Like, I feel that Columbus instilled in me this, like, um, essence of, like, camaraderie, uh, work ethic. Um, I always, like, go back to – Dunn's last year, which was our freshman year, right? Sophomore year. And we used to work out, used to do those, like, volun- quote-unquote voluntary workouts at yeah. 6 in the morning. Yeah. And Chris Munoz and them. Yeah. And, um, like, th- like, being able to do those things instilled into me something that now is still the same. You know, like, a- and then roll it over to, you know, playing my – uh, junior and senior year, like I mean, I didn't see the field till senior year because I wasn't like a, a great football player. You know, I just I really loved the game and I I, I studied the game. You a were lot. a good teammate though. Yeah, a good teammate. But being a good teammate is something that I've taken with me to now at 34 that I try to instill into my team now. You know, like um, you're a little pushy though. I hear you barking at these people. I don't I I don't know how that works because. I couldn't see you being barked at like that and not responding. So if one it's, of the, it's if, I want a question. If one of your guys told you, hey, chef, fuck yourself, what would you do? No, I mean, we would fight. You would fight? Yeah, we would fight. You can't do that these days anymore. Just so no, you know. I mean, but it's, it's, it's in the kitchen world is very different. And the kitchen world that I come from is very old school. Like the French kitchen world, and we've come a very long way. But the French kitchen world is very much like old school sports. You know, and it's like... You, you work and you work and you work until you get your opportunity to be to be the one on top, right? So at that point, you were trying to 
get the talent around you to your level and your, you know, like. I mean, being a chef is similar to coaching. You, you, you could be a great coach, but if you can't relate to your workers as a chef or as a coach, you can't work, work, relate to your players. You're not, yeah, but you're not going to be successful. But I, I guess, and it's interesting because like in, in the conversation with Joaquin, <clears throat> I asked him how like it was like going to play in the pros. Yeah. Like when you start pulling a paycheck for what you do, it's very different. So in my mind, like the whole food world, like I'm, I'm a purist, like area to me is like my child and like that food is an expression of who I am and so on and so forth. But the people around you are pulling a paycheck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But when they're pulling a paycheck and they care, those, those, the ones that do that are the ones that are really going to make a difference. Absolutely. Right? But the, one, the ones that are getting a paycheck and going the far, you know, they have that passion for it. It's the same in football. You, you got guys that are passionate and, and work their, their ass off. And then you got guys who are just going through the motions and could be better than what they are, but they don't reach their potential because they're just going through the motions. Right. I mean, in in the cooking world, like you can definitely make more money and not in today's climate because today's climate is completely fucked and very different. But you could make more money when you go to a resort, a hotel, you know, something that has like millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars behind it when you come to a small independently owned restaurant like this one so you're not a millionaire no no, no. very much not but not yet not yet not, no, yet not yet but the like the the idea is that these uh, younger chefs come here because they believe in the food but it's taken five years to really kind of like etch our way has it been five years since it's been we open? turned five january 14th of this year coming up that's awesome so we four, we're four and a half right now so like it's taken that much time and that much work and the sacrifice and now like you know there's been accolades and recognition and i'm very grateful for all that but all that leads to other people saying like look at this i want to learn this you know as to they're still pulling a paycheck but they could make more elsewhere and i'm aware of that so you know, like along with working service with me and it being tough and me being very demanding, you get those sit downs at noon and talking about like, what did you learn yesterday? How can we be better as a team as we were yesterday? Can we do something to improve what we did yesterday? And those are all things that I learned playing football. I mean, there there wasn't a, a day in time that like I was never a an athletic football player. Never, no. never, never. <laughs> what a never. jerk. Never. But but I was a hardworking one. So, like, I, I learned how to improve. And, you know, like, I went from being fifth string our, our freshman year to starting majority of college so until we got to our last He three did games. start his senior year of high school, guys. So, he doesn't bullshit when he says that, Nick. That is true. He did start, except for the last game of our senior year. Oh, because I got kicked out. You were suspended, yes. I was suspended for that game. Yes. I That's why I say it's hard for me to see you barking at people because <laughs> I know that, you know, you weren't that person. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess we get older and things change. Listen, but I was, I do, I was I, emotional. They stole that game from us. Yeah. And I'm still emotional about that. Rashid scored three fucking times. Three yeah. times. And they all got called back for offense. And they all got called back for bullshit. Yeah. Three times. Yeah, the thing is that you have to build a culture where everybody knows. Like, when you walk into the kitchen, everybody knows the champ is here. <laughs> the champ is here. 
That is so fucked up that he told you that story. <laughs> I actually didn't tell him that story. So what I'm, did you I'm going to leave it up to you to say it or do I say it? No, it's fine. So I was. Because <laughs> if you'd say it wrong, I'm going to definitely call you out on this one. No, but I, I was just waiting for the opening to drop that. I don't I recall I the entire story, but I remember. All I remember about that night was I was wearing, it was a, a Mike Tyson shirt. Long sleeve Mike Tyson shirt. You used to wear a lot of my shirts. So you took that shirt. <laughs> you took that shirt from me. That. And you wore it. And you. Wore- I was wearing a beanie and sunglasses at nighttime, which I talk shit about all the time. Wherever the hell we went that night, I don't remember. I don't remember what we were doing. I just remember the next morning I get up, and, and the house we stayed in was one of the most fucked up old school Virginia houses you could ever live in. I lived in it a wasn't closet. That fucked up. It was definitely fucked up. Oh, bro. you did live in a closet. I lived in a Yo, closet. I lived in a closet. That's right. I lived in the living room. Yes, you lived in the living room on the way to the kitchen. So this That's is why <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I'm and I'm going into the kitchen and I'm like, damn, Chug's not here. So the other roommates wake up and we're there talking shit like, where the fuck is Chug? And he walks in with this huge smile. And uh, he's wearing a sh- that shirt that said the champ is here. So we ask him, hey, where were you? He was like smiling, whatever. And then we had a friend named Pierce uh, Steinrock. Pierce Steinrock. What that, a great guy. Yeah. And he's like, buddy, where were you? And then, and, then, <laughs> and, and, and you were like, oh, I was out with this chick or something like that. And, and he goes, the behemoth, the behemoth. And then he goes, no, 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 the champ is here. The champ is here. Yeah. And that stuck with him for, till this day, I still say this Chris story. Chris Pierce and Pierce Steinrock still tell me that story. Yes. They still, even now. Yeah. And you know, do you remember the time we were at Wittenberg? So uh, our, one of our, our best friends lived in Ohio. We lied he, to him, by the way, because that was our bye week. I know. And we were supposed week. to go up there, but I told him, remember, I told him we got sick. We had the flu. We weren't I know. Go. We, it was a surprise that yeah. we went up there. So, mind you, we drive through West Virginia. Oh, God. What a dreadful drive what? that is. I don't know I how people never in, West Virginia. in my life drive through if West Virginia. If anyone from West Virginia listens to this, turn it off. I don't understand. I don't want your audience. Dri- driving in those mountains was probably one of the scariest things. Oh, on the way back, because it was pouring, it was like a monsoon. Yeah, I thought we were going to go off the side of a mountain at least 20 times. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and we weren't in the best quality of cars. And we had cars. eaten at White Castle. We did. So we just, it was like bubble yeah. guts. Yes. The whole, all through West Virginia, and we didn't want to yeah. stop. But to get back to that story, so we end up driving to, to Ohio to watch our best friend Mitch play. Um, we show up at his house the night before the game, which was really weird because, like, everywhere I played college football, you didn't stay at your dorm or, your or, like, your apartment the night before the game. Like, you stayed in a hotel or you had curfew and the coaches would check on you. But, like, it was, like, basically a full-out party at his Whitmer house. was different. Yeah, it was, but it was pretty cool. So we yeah, showed up cool. and literally we just walk in his living room and he looks at us and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? And uh, we went to the game the next day and then we ended up, you know, pounding and stuff like that. And what, uh, what year would this have been? 2007. Yeah. Was this was this at Wittenberg University in Ohio? Yes. Yeah. A uh, guy who graduated with me played safety. At so did Mitch. No shit. Yeah. 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 Manny Lamar, Mitch, one of two no. Haitian kids in my class. So, really? So Mitch probably knows him, I would guess, but Mitch would. probably won't remember him because Mitch doesn't remember anybody. Zero things. So <laughs> Mitch remembers zero things. All I remember about that Wittenberg trip, yes, was I got very fucked up. This is the this is a thematic theme. If you hear about old stories from me, I am usually the one that is the most drunk in the group, and I broke off from the group. But 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 to get it like so, we start pre gaming at Mitch's house after the game, and like 
it was pretty cool because at the end of their block was a, a bar. So, like, everybody would just go to house to house, have drinks, and then end up at the bar. And what then- was Wait, before you go into this, what was very shocking to me about Wittenberg was it was a Division three college, right? Yeah. But it was like a it was like a big big school like it was a big football town. Like they liked Wittenberg. Like yeah. at Averett, no one gave a fuck about us. Well, Virginia's not known for like Ohio State. You know, they got Virginia Tech, which was nowhere near us, and Virginia nowhere near us. That's also true. So we were like on the border of North Carolina. Like there was Oh, we went to Greensboro. Yes. Yeah. So there was like no like it's not a football mindset. Right. But the area we were in was like tobacco farms and crackheads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Seriously, there was like no wall. There was no Target. There was no like very popular restaurants. Applebee's was like the only one. Hams. Yeah, and then they opened up a Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, the Buffalo Wild Wings! That was like the coolest place ever to everybody in the town. Like our last year there. You remember when uh, we won the championship? Uh, I don't know. You gotta say the story. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you do. He likes that kind of shit. Anyways, anyways, when we're when we're at Winburg. So we go to this, like, and, you know, Mitch hung out with a bunch of guys that drank a fuck ton. Dude, incredible. It was an incredible amount of alcohol that those people drank. I felt... True white boys from Ohio. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I felt like I was I was soft. Like, <clears throat> these guys would drink profusely yes. and, like, be fine. Remember that's when they had that weird shot thing uh, that had, like... The shot of Jaeger and then the thing underneath yeah, it, and it was, it was like a double it, shot It was thing. a boot. It was like a, a mini boot. Was it? Yeah. It was Interesting. But, so I remember, we go to like some club bar thing. At the end of the block. Right. And we got kicked out. Yes. I'm walking down the street alone. Correct. Then I start getting berated. Saved his life again. Oh, you didn't save my life. Absolutely. I would have held my own totally fucking fine. Yeah. I would have. I was you were, very you were wearing fun. a Marlins jersey, and they did not like... Was I wearing a yes, Marlins jersey? Yes, that's what they started fucking with you about. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah, but we had just won the championship, didn't we? Yeah, it was like 2005. This so is, we were in Witten. Yeah, well, I don't remember we, what... We just won the, the World Series in 2003. All you wore was Miami stuff. I know, because I'm proud of where I come from. I agree. So did I. Yeah, so anyways, these guys start... They're driving down the street, and they're like berating me, Right. And I'm, like, talking a bunch of shit, and there's, like, four of them in a car, and I'm like, you know, it's about to scrap, and there's a good chance I could lose here. But anyways. Jay Hill I'm, ran down the street. Will! Will! Can I get another round? We'll edit this out. One more round. There's Large Negroni and a Captain and Coke. I mean, so. Uh, I ran down the street with a cinder block. <laughs> he ran down the street. <laughs> I was going to throw it through their car window, and they took off. So I saved your life again. Nah, I mean, come on. Saving my life You know what's funny? Back to, like, nowadays, that would be a hate crime because, like, you're a Hispanic guy. And And they're a bunch of white guys. Yeah. And I'm white, so I probably had to join in. I don't know how that would work. No. I'm just kidding, guys. We didn't. No. We, I I think I would have held my own. I remember it was, like, 20 degrees outside. And I I slept. I just just want to note that all of our not-Miami audience... Just heard Jason say that he is not Hispanic, and their mind is blown with his Miami accent. Yeah. Oh, not uh, being a Hispanic guy. I'll finish this story, and I'll tell you my first like week at UMass. Um, oh man. But yeah, we end up going back to Mitch's house. Mitch was passed out with his girlfriend uh, upstairs, and whatever reason, we we're like, bro, it's not that cold. We'll just like sleep outside sleep on the outside. couch. 
We woke we up like an hour later, like with frostbite almost. It was, we slept outside. Yes. It was 20 degrees outside. The, they had a couch on the front porch. It was like a frat house, so it was pretty cool. It was a good experience. I mean, we had a great time. Um, but yes, so I am American, gringo. I am very cultured, though. It's I, my only real white friend. Yes, I grew up in Miami, so I'm very cultured. Uh, I don't see race or color, any of that stuff, ethnicity. I don't. You know, I, I. So when I played. Um, at Averett for the first three years, I experienced what it was to not have like Dade County talent. And for the people that live in the rest of the world, I want you to understand that Dade County talent is on another level. The talent here is something that the rest of the country just doesn't understand. And I don't know how it is now, but I remember when we were growing up, I mean, we played against Bobby Washington. We played against Frank Gore. We played against like, People that, uh, I mean, will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, who else? Vilma. Vilma. Roscoe Parrish. Roscoe Parrish. Uh, Stephen Tulloch played. Stephen Tulloch. Ten years in the league. You remember what Jose did to Stephen Tulloch? Yes, but we don't say that. We don't talk about that either. (laughs) Oh man. No, those guys got to be here to go through those stories because you know those are those are those are serious ones. Those Um, are serious, especially in the times we're in. You know. Yeah, I mean. but, yeah, when I got to UMass, actually, like, I had long hair. I, my hair was braided. I had a beard. Um, yeah, I'm not the only one that yeah, braids yeah. my hair. I actually braided my hair to go to Columbus Prom. That was good. And I wore all white tux. Uh, but they would call me Cuban. And then I didn't care because whatever, I'm, you know, all my friends are Cuban. It didn't bother me. So one day a guy was like, hey, Cuban, you know, whatever. So I was like, all right. You know, I started calling him Haitian. And he was Jamaican. He's like, bro, I'm not, I'm not Jamaican. And I go, all right, so then either you call me by my name and I call you by your name or we're just going to go back and forth. And this we ended is why up... there was a lot of almost fights yeah. around so... Jason Hill and myself. But, we but did... look, let me, let, me, let me preface this. When I was the, fir- the first three years at Averett and I played D-tackle and I played D-end, I was not a D-end by no means. On the weak side, strong side, I was not built to be a defensive end. I was built to be a three-technique. Right? We were really built to be a nose guard. But. I mean, but remember, I dropped down to 230 my sophomore I'm year. I'm you said 230 because you used to say like 210 and all no, that. No, I was, I was 204 my sophomore camp, oh, okay. and I had to gain weight. No, 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 you could ask Dunleavy. That's real. That's a real yeah, story. I, I won't ask him nothing. Listen, I love Dunleavy. I know you don't like him, but Mike Dunleavy is still no, we, a great we, we, we made up, I guess you could say. I saw him a couple months ago. I made it. We'll, we'll talk about Dunleavy, but I remember I remember – so my senior year, it was your junior year because you had redshirt your freshman year at UMass. Correct. Right? So I remember my first three years, I'll never forget playing that three technique and, like, trying to, like, get in there and then understanding what should happen right now since we're at, like, four seconds is there should be a D-end crushing the quarterback. Right? Hopefully. So Jay had come to Averett, and I was <clears> like – you know they're they don't they don't really know what's about to happen, right? No. And I'll never forget. I think it was against Ferrum. Our first game might have been against Ferrum. I don't remember, but I remember playing that three technique, and it was like one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, and then like clockwork. Here you come, and you sack the quarterback. And I was like, now people understand what it's like to be in Dade County. Well, it's a totally different ball game. I was at the end running faster forties than our running backs. 
No, but our running backs, bro, Kyle Wilson was one of the slowest running backs of all time. He was tough, though. He was good. He no, was he good. was a good – and look, look at Jeff Uli. He didn't run a good – he didn't run a good 40 time, but he no. was an amazing wide receiver. Yeah. He, he really was, like, one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen, even in Dade County. His shuttle was, like, incredible. Yeah, he was quick. He was really quick. Yeah, I mean, he played in the Arena League for, like, seven or eight years. I mean, he was a solid receiver. MVP. But, he was MVP twice. I believe in the arena league. Yeah, was he really? Wow, that's like that's incredible stuff. Yeah, you were, you were there when we played against Pierre Garcon, right? Yeah, he was on a whole new level. <laughs> it was like completely different. So remember, I, I remember when I got to Averett and you were like, "Yeah, we're gonna play Mount Union." I'm like, "Chuck, we're gonna get our ass kicked," and you're like, "No, nah, bro, we got a chance." I'm like, "No, dude, we don't got a chance." Like they're they're loaded. They're fucking a different animal. And uh, after the game, I think you realized that when when sixty four to seventeen. Yeah. But we went in at halftime, twenty-four to seventeen. I don't know. I got hurt in the first quarter. No, I didn't get hurt. Trust me, I felt all four quarters of that. I dislocated my shoulder. So let's talk about coaching, right? Yeah. I know you don't like Dunleavy, and I, you might have you might you may have like uh, mended your ways. Mike Dunleavy, for me, I I lived a very like when we were at the tail end of high school. I lived a very fucked up life. I was I was ready to leave. I had to leave, um, and I couldn't come back for a while. So in that time, I was the first Miami recruit at that time, and the first like two years, I mean, Dunleavy invited me to his house for like Thanksgiving because I didn't have enough money to go home. He like definitely took me under his wing. See, but I think what you missed was that last year that I had there. Oh, I know. I wasn't there for that. Where we brought in like 900 freshmen that were not very good. Some of them were good. Some of them weren't. Most of them weren't. And they were just assholes. So it was like 10 seniors, me and Griff, who if you know Griff and me back then, we were very, very competitive and very, very, yeah, we were savages. So we ended up going 0-10. And I remember I just think how he handled that whole situation was wrong, and it's something you learn. But I mean, from lose, it. listen, win, winning cures all. I mean, you know that. One hundred percent. Winning yeah. cures all. We went, we went six and four, six and four, seven and three, and eight and three, right? Our senior year, something my like, senior year, yeah, something like that. I and, just, but I think when you lose, it's how you lose, it's how you handle it. You know. I mean, zero and ten is tough, man. Have I, you ever gone zero and ten again? I've never gone zero and ten in my life. You went 0-10 that year. Yeah, that year. Yeah. That's but the only time. That was the only time. That's the only year I think I've ever had a, a losing record. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. And, I mean, it brings the worst out of people. Correct. So how you deal with losing, I think, I mean. Well, I think, as, but as a coach, as a chef, you're going to have bad days. It's how you respond to it, how you bounce back. We had, I mean, we had a bad day today. I See, I, you say that, but. For being in the pandemic, you had a good amount of people, which is right now what. Yeah, but to me, it's not about the. It's not about dollars, and it's not about people. It's, it's about the, execution. And I can't you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, execution is what makes the difference. So, like, I I've learned that we may have to the outside public have won, but for me, we lost today, and tomorrow it's like, how can we not lose? How can we do that? What we did now. And what? Okay. So let's after, get, let's after, get after a day like today, after a day t- uh, like today, do you go home at night right now and do you sit there and f- try to figure this shit out now? Or Absolutely. You- no, okay. I, know, I, know, I know everything that happened today. Okay. 
I know everything that happened. I know what went wrong. I know how we fucked up. And I'll give context. I'll give context because the people obviously listening to this, they don't understand what the fuck. We're I don't talking know about. what the fuck you're talking about anyway. Because so, not anyways, Jay, uh, we were supposed to start recording this at nine o'clock, and we had a. It's eleven o'clock now. Yeah. And we had a. Um, we had an employee that quit through a text message. And millennials, millennials, millennials quit, quit through text. And my chef of Ariette, he's a humble and very like hardworking dude and super talented, very caring. And, you know, like right now we're living in a world that we don't know how much business we're technically going to do on a daily basis. So as a business owner, you have to schedule and do things that are tough. Also, at the same time, Will, you're a beautiful man. Thank you so much. Will has just given that, me. That first one there. Trust me. Just give it a second. Give it a second. Will is uh, our wonderful he's, bar manager at Nave, and he has just replenished our he's drinks. He's having a bromance, so don't worry about it. He's all right. Thanks, Will. That's a beautiful hat you're wearing. Beautiful. I like it. So, um, anyways, we, we don't know how much business we're going to do on a daily basis. In this time, we've done... Anywhere from 10 people to 20 people to 30 people. Today, we did a lot more. And we weren't totally prepared for that. And we weren't prepared because we weren't properly staffed. And in that properly staffing, you know, my chef took it upon himself to say that we were okay and that he could handle it and so on and so forth. And um, and we just weren't ready. So tomorrow or tonight, I will, you know, and so... Just when Jason walked in, I was I was completely getting fucked on the line. Like just like with no Vaseline, with no Vaseline, just getting like just ran over. And, you know, but we we made it out of it. And my question always and here he comes. Let's clap it up for Manny. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to compliment you here, which is not easy for him to do. I, for doing a good job today. See what I'm saying? That's why he's a great dude. We weren't we weren't prepared, but we weren't prepared because we weren't properly staffed. Because someone quit through a text message, and it's not the right way to quit a job. And you know, because we're worried about how many people to come through the door, we're just being very budget conscious. And we sat there and we. You know, we fought through it. And my question always is, how are the guests? And today the guests didn't feel it, but I felt it. And, I, and I, I'll stay up all night thinking about what we did wrong, how we can do it better. And I'm sure Manny will too. But it's just kind of like the world that we're living in. You know what I mean? So it's very much like a coach. It's like you sit there and you don't succeed in a game. And you think about what went wrong and how you have to fix it. And then you go back and you fix it. Yeah. You know, and it's like we I I don't I I definitely don't think that uh, this is because people don't care. I don't think that we failed because people didn't work hard. I don't think uh, we failed because the food's not good or the service's not good. We failed because the world that we live in right now is a very weird one. So. We're not preparing every day to do a thousand covers. We're preparing every day to not lose money. And that's a very weird place for a place that's trying to win a Michelin star. So 
you know, it's like a, it's a thing. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So that's why um, uh, we started the podcast an hour late. Which you guys will never know because it's recorded like two weeks before. I don't know about two weeks, but it's something like that. I mean, like, I go back to the when we were in high school and we were playing against uh, Palmetto. Do you remember that game? Absolutely. Talking about that Palmetto game, Gaudi comes here once a week. Gaudi is one of the most phenomenal human beings you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> yeah. So we go into this Palmetto game and we think that we have it won. You remember that? Yeah, I had a sack and a forced fumble their last drive to seal the victory. And I was the long snapper Ga- for Gowdy's. Gowdy sealed the victory. Come on. Let's yeah, be real. but they were driving, remember? And then they threw. Remember, I barely played defense. I went in and I got a sack and a forced fumble. But uh, Gowdy, I'll never forget it because I was a long snapper. And people were like trying to talk to Gowdy. And I'm like, dude, leave him the fuck alone. Like, the worst thing you want to do for a kicker right now is like talk to them, just let them be. Well, let's talk about Gowdy. Oh, he didn't <laughs> so, give a fuck, though. No, like, he that didn't was care. the best part. No, I, w- this is what I love about football, right? He might have kicked like 10 times a day. <laughs> like, he just really didn't care. Yeah. It was, he only played senior year. I know, I know. But Gowdy was a surfer. He was a, still is, probably. No, Gowdy's a great dude. He, um, like, we, we went into this game. We thought we had it won. We were losing by two. By one? It was, I want to say, nine to seven. <laughs> was it really? And I think we won. I think we won ten to nine. <laughs> so, Gaudi is this like uh, incredible guy that's a surfer guy, and Alex Haley, right? No, he was hurt. Alex, Michael Michael Haley. No, Michael Haley didn't play football. Who was who was our anchor? Was it Alex? It was, yeah, he got hurt the first. He got game hurt of the, year, the first game of the year. So we needed a kicker stat, and then you have this surfer guy. He comes in, long hair, whatever. We never thought this guy would have to win us a game. Playing against Palmetto, there's like three seconds left on the clock. Yeah, and fucking Gowdy comes in and just drills like a 42 yard fucking field goal. I could I couldn't bear. And to if watch you him. ask him right now, it's probably a 55 yarder. Yeah, probably. Probably. That's what happens when we get old. We, we exaggerate all these <laughs> yeah. stories. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's um, I, I, I Shout out to the class of 2003, bro. I know. We're, we've been quite a successful class, I think. I think I tell people this all the time. Sports-wise, definitely one of the most successful ones. You think? Two-time World Series champion John Jay. Patrick Lee was a Super Bowl champ. Shout out to John Jay. Yep. How many times did Pat win the Super Bowl? One. One? One? Yeah. I thought it was two. No, it was one. Uh, Joey Hernandez was a professional boxer. God bless him. You remember that time he knocked that kid out in the yes. fucking parking lot? Yes. Half a punch. He fucking laid that kid out. <laughs> that was fucking incredible. Yep. Uh, we got a couple doctors now. You got Pete Rodriguez, Alan Sanchez. Uh, I think Noah's a doctor now, so we got a couple doctors, which I have is no idea. Yeah, and then uh, we have me. got Mike Marinelli, admissions director there. <laughs> Danny Rodriguez is a teacher. We got a, we got the most faculty members and in, in the we? school. Yeah, two thousand three. Yep. It, it's incredible when you when you look back at like, we're you're thirty five. I am thirty five. No, yes, I'm thirty four. At least for another twenty days. Yep, and. You look back at that time, and I remember when we were in high school, 
You're so, like, uh, complicated. You think life is so complicated. Which is not. It's so not, right? It's so not, and it's so, like, pure and fun, and you really, like, my five friends from high school are still my five best friends. Which is hard, because you're, like, the most busiest, non-busiest person ever. <laughs> I don't know what So, Nick, I'm going to tell you means. a funny story, right? So, I got five kids. He does have um, five kids. God bless him. I got him. two sons. My oldest one just uh, graduated from Columbus. By the way, I have to say this, too. You have to add this one in there, Nick. I got to thank my wife for all her support because it's not easy being a high school coach, having five kids. It's not easy and, being the wife of Jason Hill. And, and absolutely true. <laughs> being my wife is, is a mission in itself, which I have the best wife. I have a great family. So I got to say thank you, babe. I love you. I uh, appreciate you. Add that in. Is that the first time anybody's done that on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. It is. It is. Happy wife, happy life, brother. That's. Um, so my oldest son's graduating, going to FAU now, uh, not playing football. He's just going to go as a student, which I'm proud oh, of. Is him. He? Yeah, I'm proud of him for that. My younger son is a is a genius. Like he's a moss scholar. He's, he's, he's like always been a very yeah. Smart he can draw. He can art. He dance. Everything. He's he wants to be a neurosurgeon. Um, then my oldest daughter's nine, and then I got an eight-year-old and a seven-year-old. So my eight-year-old, all my all my daughters actually have two godfathers each, right? And the reason why, Nick, as I'm going to explain to you. So, like, my first daughter, I couldn't choose between two of our other best friends, which was Patley and Mitch. So I made both of them godfathers. And then my middle one, I had made another friend of mine the godfather. But, like, one day, this was when Chug was, like, bad Chug, like, very bad place. <laughs> He's blowing up my phone like at two in the morning. I used to be a big drinker. I I I answer the phone. I'm like, dude, what's up, man? He's like, bro, I gotta get this off my chest. You know, I wanted to be your daughter's godfather. I'm like, all right, bro. So you're the godfather too. Fuck it. And it was like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, like that's all we gotta do. So so you got the fuck it godfather role. Yeah, I did. And he's seen her like three times in her life now. That's true. That's not that's not false. I got to say, but I love that girl more. I like her and my niece are the only two little girls that matter to me. And that's that's very true. Like I would break my back for them if they called me and they were in trouble. But one is um, two and a half. <laughs> so like I hope they don't call me like that. No, and she's the she's a sweetheart, man. She's got a super big heart. My I, my, my 4-year-old off the chain. Crazy. Fights me, loves to wrestle. Uh, punches me in the face. I wonder where she got that from. Yeah, so that that would be the female version of me. Absolutely. It's incredible when when we look back, I mean, in our mid-30s, and we look back at our lives, and we look at, like, how we've all grown so much in the last 10 years. And, like, professionally, personally, like, I I think when, when you look at growth and you look at learning and you look at like um there's so much of like what we learned as kids that you see like sprinkled in in life you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like the shit that you learn when we were in columbus right like when we were kids and we were like 17 i i'm still friends with a uh a guy i met when i was 13 years old and it was our second day at columbus which was eric you know yeah and then I didn't really become friends with you till sophomore year. And same thing with Mitch yeah. um, and Furman. Correct. You know, till like sophomore year. 
But it's incredible how. Like, I don't think any of us became friends with Furman until like senior year. I don't think any of us are still friends with Furman. <laughs> he probably he will never claim us. He will never claim us. I love you, Furman. Furman does not listen to this podcast. You oh, he's going to listen to this one. No, nah, he won't. They're he won't. all going to listen to he's this one. He's busy with his cats and such and his pool. Well, yes, he does have the pool. I don't. Does he have cats at his house? Oh, come on. I I mean, he probably does, I guess. No, he's definitely got cats. I don't know. It's More than one. You should ask him. Plural. You should bring him on this podcast. Oh, no. It would be 45 minutes of silence. <laughs> That's what it would be. 45 minutes of no, silence. You'd have to get him mad, and then he would just roast you for 45 minutes. Because he would say every story that he could about you just to get back at you. There's not that many fucking stories to say about me. I mean, I... We can go on with some of your girlfriends here, bro. You had some... some I know. Some serious fucked up ones. But at least I had girlfriends. That's true. I mean, <laughs> I'm is, not going to argue that one. Yeah, but, hey, like, Nick, so this this guy one day, we're here in Miami for Christmas, right? So, I don't like, remember this story. Yes, you do. I'm worried about this. I don't know yes, what the fuck is talking about. This I don't remember the story stuff might be why you think there aren't that many stories. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, it's Christmas break. We're going to have a heavy drink. We're, we're going to have a New Year's party. And uh, Mercy, his sister. Oh, my God. Yes, now you remember. <laughs> his sister's like, hey, why don't you guys come over to my friend's house? We're going to have a big party, whatever. So we all go over there. But Chuck's like, hey, by the way, my girlfriend's coming to this party. I'm like, doesn't she live in, like, North Carolina? And he's like, yeah, she's driving down. She shows up to this party, right? And crazy. She was crazy. Man. Fucking gets wasted and starts bashing Chug to me and, like, his sister if you know Mercy back then, like, was back then? not having it. Like, she's not one of those that deals with that. Neither was I. So I end up, like, cursing her out, like, telling her to get the hell out of the party, whatever. But what Mercy, I think Mercy was going to take her head off. Mercy oh, was man. like, whatever. Yo, my so, sister is a fucking, she's hardcore. She's man. a little pit bull. She's, she a, yeah, she's feisty. <laughs> um, so she ends up leaving the party, and then, like, we end up leaving, and then Chug, like, calls her. She's, like, in Orlando. Turns back around to come back because he's like, come back home. Like, you can't drive back to North Carolina tonight. But she was a lunatic, bro. She so that's, that's one of those stories, bro. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that, that one didn't end super well. I don't recall that story ending super well. But I think you said you, to us you broke up with her. And then, like, I got to Virginia and you were still with her. Nah, you, you lied you know, to everybody like about it. A lot of shit happened in Virginia, man. Yeah, like, a lot, of, a lot of things happened there that we left there. And that's why I left and I never turned back. I actually didn't go back till eight months ago. Yeah, you told me. Eight months ago, I went back. I visited Nick Teague. <clears throat> yeah. Which I, I would say Nick has been a big influence in my life. Um, hey, Nick, by the way, he might as well, like, polish you off here because he's every podcast you talk about Nick. That's not true. Nick, Th- Nick With was, Joaquin, you talked about him. No, because Nick, listen, when I was there as a freshman, Nick took me under his wing he treated me like Nick. You're just gonna have to edit this out because he's already said this in the last podcast. Little brother, like he was, he was a good dude to me. Nick is a good dude. He is they a were, good dude. We, we had a lot of good dudes there, man. And, and I, by the way, I, I am happy for Dunleavy. He's doing well with his profession he does now, the recruiting yeah. world thing. Yeah. He so is. that's good for him. I don't, I don't hate him, and I don't wish him bad, bro. Just don't care to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nick. I mean, Nick, um, Nick Hutch. Remember Neil? Yeah. Um, Griff. Yep. That, that, the whole, the whole squad up there was, they were all, there was Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. Thomas? Yep. Roach. Roach. Yep. God, it was, it's like, um, 
Bolin. We got to give a shout out to Bolin. Bolin, Matt I kn- Bolin is still there. Yes, Bolin. I know he said uh, he would never recommend anyone to Averitt, so I'm sorry for that one. No, I said I would never recommend anyone to go to Danville. Well, Averitt's in Danville. I know that's that's. I'm sorry, that's a problem. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend people to go play at Averitt, but I wouldn't recommend people to visit Danville. I that I agree with. There's nothing to visit in Danville. That I agree with. Danville, Virginia, is like a. It's almost like what you see in movies. It is. I told you. It's like old mill tobacco things and crackheads. And crackheads. And then you have the college. <laughs> you have a college. Yeah. You know, I I would say in my life, I'm fortunate to have five friends. I think it's a total of five. Jason Hill, Mitch, Furman, Eric, Paul. Leo is also part of that. He wasn't actually part of our crew. Gotta throw Mikey in there. I know, but Mikey's like a younger brother. Uh, I agree. Uh, He's like a younger brother. I wouldn't consider him like, he was part of the friend group. He was like a younger brother. And those are the only like five friends I've carried for 20 years. And those are... That's hard, guys. To deal with Chug for 20 years is not easy either. It's difficult. I feel bad for people that deal with me for 10 minutes. Especially if they work for you. Oh, that's dreadful. I agree. It's dreadful. I agree. People who have... Listen, we spoke on the phone the other day for an hour... Which is the great thing about our friendship and all of our friends is like we could not talk for months and then we talk and we'll talk like if we never stop talking. But isn't that just life at this point? I don't know. I have friends from Avery that I could talk to for 10 minutes and not talk to for an hour. I mean. No, I mean, I haven't talked to anyone from Avery for 10, for more than, uh, no. That's what I'm saying. So it's not life. It's, I mean, I don't know. When you have a good friend or a good friendship, that's what you do. Like having a long lost relative that's in another state, you can talk to them for hours too. You know, those the friends that we had in high school, the the real the five real ones are, I mean, those are the people that best men at weddings. Like, you know, let's wrap this up to things that matter. I think, you know, I'm I'm not a super wise person. I have a lot of things to say. Some of them have substance. Some of them don't. I feel like what you've done for young people is extremely important. And I feel like it will continue to be very important. And I feel like, you know, your calling always was to be either an incredible football player, which you were, uh, or an incredible coach, which you are. Anytime you have the chance to nurture young people to what they can be and like more than what they think they can be, I think that's very important. And I think that like in the role that you're in right now, I think it's like and, and I don't know, like I, I, I we spoke for an hour on the phone about a bunch of like daily bullshit of life. I don't know what your overall goal is in life. And I think that's a very loaded subject to talk about ever. Yeah. I think that you have, like, potential to be an amazing coach at whatever level. Right? And I I've appreciate that, that. I've said that for years. I appreciate that. football IQ is so lost on people. Right? It's so lost. Like, football IQ, real football IQ is so lost. Because everyone thinks they know, right? Because well, everyone watches The football. Monday morning coach. Oh, man. It's exhausting how many people think they actually know what's happening on the field. And even me, I only know what's happening in the front seven. Like, I don't know what's happening behind that. 
the amount of like Monday morning quarterbacks and the people that watch just Sunday football that never played and all those things, they think they know what's really happening. You have no fucking clue how difficult it is to get 11 human beings on the same page at the same time to do the same thing for a common goal. I think that's a big reason why I coach the offensive line is because you got to get five fat guys physically in shape to play four quarters and actually longer. Uh, so mentally, you got to prepare them for that. And then you got to mentally prepare them for the game plan and the scheme. Right. And it's not like just coaching one person. So you have to get these five guys on the same page. And that's why I've always been very fond to coach offensive line because I think it, to me it's one of the most – toughest position as a coach yeah i mean i i hate o-linemen god bless i'm a d-lineman till the day i die i fucking hate offensive linemen but it is you probably hate him because of jose quinones oh i don't hate jose quinones you don't hate jose quinones but that situation that day was funny it wasn't funny i thought it was that wasn't funny at all it was funny it was pretty funny i saved your life again that's the third time i saved your life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's three times that I could think of that I've saved your life. I don't want to get into that. Yeah. I thought Jose was going to kill me that day. He almost cracked your head open. Oh, he did crack a, a large portion of my head open that day. Well, he left like a mark. It was. It's open. still there. <laughs> if you look deep enough, that mark is still there. <laughs> he scalded you for life? For life. Jose is a great person, but he is also the best O-lineman I ever played against. He is one of the greats from Columbus, that's for sure. And we got a couple greats. More of the story is, I think anyone who chooses to mold young minds into, especially in today's world, because like when we were kids, I think we were like the bridge period between, like um, we're like the last old school group, right? Mind. Between old we had school, common sense. I think we were the bridge between old school and like, like what what today is. Like Nick, no common sense. Oh five, no common sense. Nick, not this Nick. No, that but he Nick. went to Belen, so it's, it's still that up in Nick the air. Too. Yeah, but Nick Perez is that's no common sense. But I mean, I'm talking about like like the the old school mentality between like the social media mentality, which is like the thing that we live in today. Yeah. Anyone who could take it upon themselves to try to mold young minds to kind of like think outside of that it's incredibly difficult they didn't see it so they don't know we were we were blessed to see a lot of the old school and then be kind of implemented into the new school like we were you know our first cell phones were the little nokia's with the snake game remember the snake game i remember my nokia was named little jelly god we didn't have these phones when we were in college (sighs) no but i remember when we were in college i got my first uh i got my first colored uh, it was a color background, like it was um, it was a Nokia that wasn't just like that weird no color. Remember? Yeah. And uh, remember, Mitch always had the new ones. It yes. was always the flips and yeah. the things. Yeah. And then Mikey had the sidekicks. Yes. I still don't know how to use those. And fucking um, AOL. <laughs> that's right. Um, and like. Uh, we, we experience like the other side and then now I feel like we're the only generation that it kind of has like a leg up because we could do the new school but we understand the old school still and I, I, I can't imagine trying to young like young teenagers in today's world trying to get them to focus on football with all of that happening I feel like it would be incredibly difficult 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's not easy because of social media. Um, and then nowadays kids are getting offers in eighth grade and ninth grade, which is hard to tell a kid, hey, that doesn't really mean anything because if you don't do anything the next three years, that offer's gone. Right. But it's hard to get kids to understand that. I hope, and for me, as one of your best friends, I hope you realize that you, you're, you've always been an amazing coach, even to me, because I'm, I'm not like I didn't grow up a football guy. I played flag football because I was too fat when I was a kid. I still find I don't think you played flag football. But I did. I did. Like PE flag football. No, no, no. I was in a flag football league in middle school. It's crazy. Why is that crazy? I don't understand. Oh, you can't catch. I can catch. You can't catch. You can barely run. I can run. I can run. Maybe too. now you can run, but no, of course I can run now. I'm in like peak physical condition right now. That's. Probably I can play linebacker right now. Oh, I can. No, no, I can. Absolutely, you cannot. You can, of course, you, I can. you cannot get sideline to sideline like that. Of course, I can. No, you can. Pick it. When do we want to do this? So you, I'm you, so ready. You could do a shuttle run and a linebacker speed right now? 100%. Oh, you're crazy. Of course I do. I still do, I still do ladder drills by myself. You could come to Columbus whenever you want, oh, and, man, and we so could time for this. you we could, we, Why do we have to time things? Oh, I've never well, been because there. that's how you know if you got the speed to go side. It doesn't side. matter. Timing doesn't matter. You have to have the proper football knowledge to get there in time. Agreed, but you can't run a nine flat and expect to get side. No, I don't run side. a nine flat. I'm not saying you do, but I'm you, just saying. we got to find out where you run. You're saying you want to, you could play linebacker not, right now. I can. I don't think so. <laughs> Dude, I, these kids nowadays, it's a different breed, bro. These kids are strong as hell. I mean, I have to, like, be careful with the battles I pick with my guys because sometimes I feel like they, they could kill me. I mean, got, I got an offensive lineman who's 6'7", 290 right now, and he's lost 30 pounds, and he runs like a freaking DN. Then I got another kid, Ryan, who's going to committed to Miami right now who is 6'3", 285, and can dunk a basketball. That's impressive. I definitely can't dunk a basketball. And they're squatting like 550 pounds easily, benching like 350, like numbers we didn't do. Obviously, Columbus has grown and the weight program is different, but what's in the food these days is crazy. I mean, you know, you like probably put steroids in your chickens here. I don't, I don't. No. We actually get all organic chicken here. I'm just kidding, Chuck. I'm just saying. (laughs) That's what we do. (laughs) All right. We're going to wind this thing down. Um. Nick, what do we do now? This is where we do our parting recommendations. Oh, man. So we go around. Everybody recommends a thing. You've listened. You've heard the podcast. Thing that you read, watched, ate, drank. For all the people that have listened, I'm sorry. Sorry for your own recommendation? I'm I'm sorry for listening to this blathering, just like, bunch of high school remembrances. Yeah, it comes with with the territory, you know? This, This podcast is free. Nobody's paying for this. So, you know. No, but you got to get on the Patreon. You do have to get on the Patreon. But we'll do that in our, in our shameless plugs. Perfect. So, uh, do you have recommendations that you want to make? I'm going to let Chug go first, and then I'll feed off of him. Oh, that's that's a bad plan. That is a bad, that is a very bad plan. I, okay. All right. So. Oh. Knuckle cracking and everything. I know. It's been a long day. So, I, um, the last dance is now on Netflix. The Michael Jordan, uh, the Bulls documentary? Yeah, I watched it. You watched it? Yeah. All of it? Yeah. What'd you think? You know, I hated Michael Jordan because I was a Heat fan. Yeah, but I mean, come on. But no, I mean, like, I'm a Heat fan no, I'm too. Just, I'm, but, but 
I mean, he's the GOAT, bro. He's the best. He's... And it just, like, it more... It entrenches how much he is the best in that documentary. Agreed. I mean, the guy just refused to lose. Like, it didn't matter what he had to do to win. He was going to do it. You know, like, the... Do you ever see that documentary about the Packers when Lombardi was a coach? Yeah. And, like, how Lombardi would have this, like, small party at his house... And after they would win a game, and like you know, like midway through, he'd be good. And he would have a drink, and he would have a good time. And then you would see him start to like just teeter off, and and you could see it in like the videos that they would show. Like he would start teeter off, and like it's because his brain would go to the next game. Yeah, and he would start to like just like he would go from like happy to like this not sad but like uber focused angry place i feel like michael jordan lived that every day i mean it's it's but that's tough i mean that guy couldn't that guy couldn't even walk out of his house and get his mail from the mailbox it's tough you know people i see that and i i i think about and that's that michael jordan didn't even play during a social media age absolutely could you imagine today like lebron what lebron goes through well, LeBron came to Columbus a couple, what, two years ago? And, like, they tried to keep it secret and, like, random people were showing up. Like, everybody found out about it. I mean, imagine if Michael Jordan lived in today's day. Uh, I mean, I think he does. No, I mean, he, he does. <laughs> like, if he was in his prime now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if if Michael Jordan during, like, the... So you haven't finished watching this, have you? No, no, no. Okay, so at the end of this, this, just so you know, he's like a big reason why he left the game was because of this. Like, oh, yeah. He just got tired of people questioning him and like all these things. He got tired of it. He's like, it just took away the love for him. And I I feel that. Yeah. I understand that. So I recommend anyone who has not watched The Last Dance to watch it. And I, I feel. Like, I understand that, like, um, that hunger for winning, that hunger for wanting to be better, that hunger for wanting to push people around you to be better, I feel that. You know, because whether you... You should definitely read the the documentary that his trainer wrote. It's like the training regimen he did. Oh, yeah? Like, he's one of the first basketball players that, like, during the season would lift weights. And, like... He would call this guy like at 2 in the morning like, hey, I'm going to go work out. Because that was the only time he could get out of his house where nobody would bother him and go work out. So I'll send you the, the thing. It's, it was pretty good. I, I like the whole – like I said, I'm, in, uh, I'm on episode six. It's, it's pretty incredible. And, and, like, when you look at that team, like, they were all so good. Rodman? Pippen? Yeah, but that's it. I mean, I mean, come on though. Yeah, Horace Grant. Horace Grant was good, but Horace Grant went to went to the Magic and was like an All Star. I agree. Yeah. It, was just, it was just easy to get overshadowed on that team. Yeah. Hey, if, if you Brittany, got, we have podcast royalty here. That's right. Taking out the dishes, Brittany Rothwell and Deandra Fernandez. <laughs> By the right. way, your, your cousin said it's horrible to work for you. I'm just going to throw her under the bus she right didn't, now. You said it was horrible to work for me, Deandra? She said because it's a pandemic, though. That's you what said she it's said. horrible to work here? Who said that? Wow, that's fucked up. That's fucked. 
Jay's talking shit, I'm shocked. Jay Instagate, that's crazy. That guy that's, never Instagate. I'm shocked that Jason Hill is talking shit about anything. Oh. That's my recommendation. I think my recommendation also is to listen to the next podcast when we have George Mosfidal on. Uh, calling out to George Mosfidal whenever he wants to be on a real radio show. There will be food and cigars. There will be food and cigars. We'll even get some uh, Recuerdos Mezcal <laughs> Whatever. for you. Yeah, that's, what he, that's his thing. Is that his thing? Yeah, Is he sponsored like a, by Recuerdos? I, I think he might have a steak or he's at least a spokesman. I mean, so we'll you know, mezcal, mezcal is like, that's the flavor of the month here. Whatever. Yeah. We'll, flavor of the day, if it means Masvidal comes on the podcast. Uh, if you want to be real Miami, this is the podcast you need to be on, there sir. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so, I hear you. So I guess I'll go ahead and uh, yeah. recommendations for me. Uh, shout out to uh, my company, Trench Bullies, uh, youth football training, offense alignment focused. I'm going to shout out my offensive line because we don't get credit. So I got to give those guys some love. You'll never get credit. Yeah. So uh, my Wolfpack, uh, other than that, I mean, recommendations, uh, man. Ariette. Ariette, yep. Chugs Diner, Ariette. Columbus High School. (laughs) Give your money to the the, the brothers. Yep. Give your money to the brothers. (laughs) Nick, what do you have? Uh, Any more tire movies? No, that's the only. Last episode I recommended Rubber. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm still recommending it (laughs) very strongly. Uh, And then I'm also going to, uh, I guess since you you mixed your recommendations with your shameless plugs, so we'll jump into my recommendations and our final shameless plugs. Uh, I'm recommending the July 13th. Episode of the uh, of Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse podcast. Brett Weinstein is uh, is a huge like left turn from where we've been in the rest of the podcast. He's an evolutionary biologist. Uh, okay. And July 13th, he did a podcast with a group of I want to Nick. Say you're like, gonna have to help Chug on that one because like Chug's not gonna know these questions. I'm lost. So, so, but it's actually not about biology. The, the this episode of the podcast was with a group of uh, black intellectuals talking about all the race stuff that's going on. Uh, so in there was like... You should get uh, Pat Lee on this thing. Uh, sure. Pat's too busy. No, he's uh, not. He's retired. Glenn Lowry, John McWhorter, Coleman Hughes, Camille Foster, a bunch of people. Uh, Chug over here is making a face. Uh, I'm but lost. It's, 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 worth, it's worth listening to. It's interesting if you're interested in that kind of thing. And then finally... Shameless plugs. Check out Pancom Podcast and all the social media things at Pancom Podcast. DadeMag.com slash Patreon. Podcast. Go to the Patreon. It's Patreon.com slash DadeMag. D-A-D-E-M-A-G. Now, at certain tiers, you can get a mug. We... Or even a <laughs> you shirt. Can get a mug. You can get a mug or a we shirt. We need your Pancom Podcast dollars. Hey, so I was telling Nick about this, by the way. Uh, okay. There's a podcast called Bussin' with the Boys. It's with Taylor Lewan, the offensive tackle for the Titans. Okay. And uh, he, his famous thing is, like, no free shout-outs. So you guys get free shout-outs, bro. You got to, like, charge people when you give these shout-outs. No, 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 no. Well, the thing is, we don't we, – we're not in the league, so – Right. No, I mean – No free shout-outs, bro. No, no, no. We're, I'm all about free shout-outs. We'll give free shout-outs. We'll give recommendations. All right. I'm but shocked that you're giving away free things. I'm all about that. I, I know you don't very, give free second bread. Seems very unlike you to be give away no, free no, no, things. No. no, you're the one who doesn't give away free second bread. I give away all kinds of free shit. He gave me a free cigar. That's right. Nah, I'm, I'm running out of cigars around here. 
Yeah, uh, you are. Yeah. Uh, which is why you're smoking whatever you're smoking, <laughs> and I smoked whatever I just smoked. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. That's all the things. Uh, you're pig ink on all the social media things. And all those things. I'm gonna finally recommend that if you uh, want uh, some dining with some really great ambient noise, you want to come to the Chugs North Patio, <laughs> where they, they have the most beautiful sounding roof in all of Miami. <laughs> Uh, so check that out too. It's raining and it's hailing right now. It's not rain right now. In Miami in July, yeah. I'm shocked. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Let's get out of here. This actually didn't go as bad as I thought it was gonna go. Oh, you were ready for it, a total train wreck. Oh man, I thought that I was gonna get outed in every corner of the world. I'm shocked. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. We could say one more story if we had to. No, no, no. Oh boy. Let's turn it off. Turn everything off.